Hi, welcome. Um, this is Elizabeth Hayden, and I am recording this podcast with my first guest. Um, again, I am Elizabeth Hayden from Women Want Wellness, and I'm excited to introduce Angelica Hodges. She is a root cause practitioner. She um, is a certified functional nutritional therapy practitioner. That is a mouthful, but it also stands for FNTP. And she says that that is mostly what it's known as. Um, and you can also follow her and check out her content at Blessed Mama Wellness on Instagram. And I just want to welcome my first guest. I'm really excited um, to dive in and, um, and talk about women wanting wellness. Welcome. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm excited to be here, actually. Um, I love being able to talk to the audience. So just tell me if I'm talking too much. Oh, no, not at all. This is definitely the space um, to talk as much as you want regarding wellness and anything that really shows up for you. Um, and I want to start off by telling us about who you are, what you do, just anything that resonates with you that you want to share with the audience. All right, sure. Uh, well, my name is Angelica Hodges. You, like she said, you can follow me. I am on Instagram and Facebook at Blessed Mama Wellness. My website is Angelica Hodges. That's just my first and last name.com. I got into the wellness industry by working for my local chiropractor. And this was about nine-ish years ago, maybe, yeah, about nine years ago. And I had actually no idea what holistic health meant at that time. At that time in my life, I thought I was healthy. I thought I was doing all the right things, eating all the right stuff. And then here comes this chiropractor and I'm like, okay, this is a quack doctor, right? Mm -hmm. um, I go in there, start working for his office. I have my first couple of adjustments. And I, I wanna say within about two to three months after working with him and having consistent care, I felt a sense of, health or wellness that I had never really felt before because I already had my first son and I had from time to time, it was occasional, just this sharp pain. Mm -hmm. And it, it's actually right where the uh, epidural had gone in, um, right? It's called the epidural. Yeah. Yeah. The injection in the spine, you know, giving birth, all that stuff. <laughs> I, I had this I had this occasional pain that would shoot up my back, you know, and I'm like, okay, I work out, I eat right. You know, I'm trying to do all this strength training, but sometimes it would cripple me. Mm -hmm. And at, at that time, I think it was 22 or 23. I was in, I was in the fashion industry. So I was going to school for fashion design. I worked as a part-time designer for um, a label that was local to the Crosby-ish area uh -huh. and going to school partial full-time and then working for this chiropractor. And I had symptoms of arthritis. I had insomnia. Uh, I had fluctuating inflammation because I never truly gained weight, but you can see that it looked like my body was putting on extra pounds, although my the weight in, in, uh, on the scale never changed. So when I started working for him and then I was getting this consistent care, I had this real sense of wealth, like my, my body started changing. And then my husband and I, um, at the time we were going to our local CrossFit gym and we tried paleo for the first time. And this was when paleo was like hit and new. Um, after 30 days, after this challenge of 30 days, I had better sleep. My skin looked great. I had 
like defined abs that I'd never had in my life, which I thought was crazy. Um, <laughs> and because my whole house did it. So it was me, my husband and, and our son, right. And my, my son had struggled with eczema his whole life. And he had to use like ointments, and creams. And when his eczema cleared up and I realized that I no longer had insomnia and the, the pain sensations that I would feel in my hands from doing so much constant work with my hands, with design and sewing, I was like, man, there's really something to this. So I really jumped into the world of holistic health, natural medicines. I bought all the books and read everything that I could on the paleolithic lifestyle, what it meant to be um, non-toxic. And I just really kind of went full force. Well, um, I decided to switch up my education. I went to school for nutrition. I went through the NTA and that's the Nutritional Therapy Association and the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I did both simultaneously and um, it kind of just changed up my whole world. I decided to open up my practice to become a nutritional therapy practitioner. Uh, I was doing one-on-one consults. And the interesting part about my whole journey into where I am now is I winded up owning a meal prep service for a couple of years and it took off by accident and it was amazing. It was great. It thrived. I loved it. I got to dive in more to food. I've always been a foodie. Like I, I love to eat and we grew up in the kitchen and we always did experiments and it was like a Friday ritual. My mom would get off of work. She would, um, take us to the grocery store. We would get these ingredients for these recipes that we picked out and we'd cook in the kitchen all weekend long. And it would be, you know, this really great experience, but I got to experience food and how food can truly heal a body. Right. Yeah. And, you know, fast forward a couple more years, COVID hits and the world just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I shut down that part of my business and I didn't want to let go of what I was already doing. Cause I was able to help so many people through feeding them good food. And I was like, guys, this is so simple. If you just ate well and, you know, did a couple of things here and there. Um, so I just did like a reinvigoration. I decided to go back to the root of my business, which was one-on-one consults. And I kind of just figured out how am I going to stay in business for myself? Because now I have three kids and I get to stay at home with them, be present for them and earn a living. So that's where Angelica Hodges LLC came into place where I do one-on-one consultations, um, paid speaking events. I have a podcast too, which you were on and it was such a great interview. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. Shameless plug, but it was, it was actually a really great conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that's what brings me here today. I've actually kind of uncovered this whole other side of holistic health where I'm practicing root cause medicine, root cause wellness. And what that really means is I'm not just looking at your health history. I'm not just looking at these set of questions. We can go really deep into um, functional lab testing. So looking at blood work from a different perspective, not from just your MDs, like, okay, you've got these set of numbers. Oh, you're fine. We really dive into a specific ranges for these numbers. And that draws a bigger story. And we do things like muscle testing or frequency testing. All that really just means is that there's this specific energy that your body puts off 
you can do this physically and you can do this virtually, but to get a deeper, bigger, more microscopic picture of what's actually going on in the body, what mechanisms are off and how we can push you forward into healing. So yeah, that's a long story to say that is me. That is what I do now. I help people get to the root cause of what is actually going on and a lot of food stuff, a lot of recipes and all of that fun stuff too. Yes. You just, you also help take the guesswork out of even the the meal planning and the recipes and things like that. So I, I love that part of it too. So you're able to help them and also help them plan what they put Absolutely. in the body. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Good. Thank you. So we're going to dive in now and we are going to start talking about the pillars, right? So for Women Want Wellness, I have these pillars and the first one is spirituality. And so really the whole idea is I want to bring women onto my podcast so that you know, you can talk about what these pillars mean for you. They're all going to mean something different for everyone that shows up on here. And um, I know for me, the reason spirituality is the first pillar is because I think it's really important that we lean in to our spirituality so that we can navigate through life and have these resources that we need. Um, it helps us with our growth mindset. It helps us deal with our life in general, our highs and our lows. And um, yeah, we can dive in. And I just want to talk about spirituality, the pillar of spirituality. What does that mean to you? Um, There's no right or wrong answer here. Um, There's just uh, an array of opinions and things that we've actually lived. And so I'm interested to know what that looks like for you. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I'm not very open with talking about my spirituality on social media, but it it has nothing to do with my beliefs or anybody else's beliefs. That's just something that I've always thought of as sacred. Um, but growing up, we were raised Catholic. So we went to the Catholic church. We did our first communion, all that stuff. And I rediscovered my own religious path, I guess you would say when, Mm -hmm. when I was in high school. So I went to a Christian church. I worked for that Christian church, several different um, branches of it. I did administration for a little bit, and then I helped with their youth center and we organized like their summer camp, which was really fun. And then, um, later on in life, or what it means to me now is something a little bit different because I, I go to this weekly women's group and we discuss things in the Bible and it's not a specific denomination, but it's really led me to discovering more of myself. So for me, spirituality, it's not just that religious part. It is how I can be with myself. Does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. Um, um, Developing a relationship between yourself and like yourself and the higher power. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could call it what you want. For me, it's God. And um, what it looks like for me is devoting part of my day, a part of my day each day to practicing that faith, practicing that mentality, that spirituality. So for me, I wake up, I make my cup of coffee and hopefully my kids aren't awake yet. (laughs) And, um, 
I sit with either, I have the Bible that was my grandpa's once upon a time. It's like the Old Testament. So it's it's kind of hard to read, but I love it because he has notes in there and he's highlighted and, and underlined stuff. I'll either open that up or I'll open my Bible app on my phone. I'll read the verse of the day. I'll go into a couple of chapters and just go into my journal after that and kind of meditate on what message I had received that day. And then I can take that into my women's group where if we're doing a specific study of a chapter in the Bible, I will talk about, well, this is what we read, but this is what came up for me. So spirituality is a mixture of what is God for me, how he shows up in my life and how I can bring that presence into each and every day. Good. I love that. So I have a follow-up question about that. When did you notice that your spirituality shifted from, say, growing up religious, growing up religious or as Catholic, as you would say, versus where you are now? Like, did anything particular, like what happened in your life to navigate from that type of structure? And obviously, too, we're younger, so we, we follow the structure of our family and things of that nature, right. customs, culture, all of that background. And so how did you get from there to where you are now like was there a specific crisis or just you know trial and error it just looks different for everybody right yeah no it's a it's a bunch of little things so growing up in the catholic church that was very much our family dynamic um, we are hispanic and my grandmother was very religious so we went to her church to be completely honest and then there was this um local it was called lady of fatima Mm -hmm. And it was right there local to where we all went to school. So that's where we took our CCE classes and all of that. But after, after my grandparents had passed and I didn't, we didn't really have that uh, leader mm -hmm. for our faith. I got to rediscover what it looked like for myself. And it was just by picking up a book and I'll be honest, it was by Joel Osteen and I found it very inspiring. Um, I don't find him as inspiring anymore yes. mm -hmm. however um now the the faith that i'm actually in now that practice that i have now and that strength comes from this group this group of women that i get to sit with every week so i, I very much have i want to say maybe the past two or three years have been craving this sense of community and I don't necessarily, quote unquote, want to find that in a church, so to speak, having to, you know, get myself dressed on a Sunday, make sure my kids are well behaved. But there was this group of women who I know from the community, we do other things together. Our kids are friends. Um, we are part of the Chamber of Commerce together. And I knew that they met every, every week. And I really wanted to see what it was about. So I go. And I, what I liked about it so much and what really drew me towards it was that they were very non-judgmental. They would say, come as you are, and we're just going to discuss how God loves us and how we can love him further. And with that, it led me to, we did, and I talked to you about this, we did this one challenge that I loved. It was a 21 day challenge where I think day three, it asked us to start fasting, find something too fast. And this was before Easter, right? Um, so the whole lint thing, Yes. Mm -hmm. um, it took me a little bit, but I decided to fast from distractions. And for me, distractions were things like 
scrolling on social media mindlessly, getting on my phone if I wasn't going to be making a phone call, responding to a text message or doing any type of active work, turning on the TV and watching Netflix for hours at night when I would should, should have been sleeping, finding things to do when I had things to do. I love that you're sharing that on here because we, that happened. That's a, it's an everyday thing for all of us. Yeah. It, it, it was a struggle. Uh, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. So anytime I found myself wanting to not be actively doing something constructive, what I did was I would go to my Bible app and I would just press play and I would let the Bible read to me. Right. And so I found that as a perfect way to navigate diving deeper into my sense of faith. And it really kind of grounded me and it, it showed me this different way, like this whole peaceful living day to day, sharing myself with, uh, within my faith. And I could share myself more openly, more honestly, more vulnerably in our group. And when I chose to show up on social media. So like when I did a live, I would talk about a topic that I would have otherwise been too afraid of judgment to talk about. Mm -hmm. Right. So it kind of just really drived me to know myself better. Know yourself. Yes. Uh, Sit with myself through these sometimes uncomfortable sensations, like moments or thoughts and feelings. And it allowed me to have those open communications with my sense of higher power, which for, you know, for me is God, but, um, yeah, it was that. And now what it looks like now, after that whole fast is over, I, I will be very honest in saying that it's very easy to fall back into mindless routines of being unconstructive, you know? So right now I find myself going back into that. If I want to be mindless and kind of waste my time, I will go back to opening my Bible app and let the Bible read to me so that I find that sense of reconnecting because it was, it was truly like my days were calmer, more peaceful. I was like a sense of lightness kind of throughout my whole persona, um, really just kind of connecting more to myself and being authentic to me and having stronger boundaries, saying no and not feeling afraid of what it might do to somebody else or how they yes. might perceive me. So, yeah. I love that. I love that so much because I feel like it it helps you to be mindful, um, aware of, like you said, of these boundaries of saying no and even you just sharing that you would it it gave you something right like some type of healing and understanding that soon after you were able to hop on ig live or talk about something that you would normally not feel comfortable or for whatever reason you'd shy away from it but then now you know you show up for yourself in a different way with more confidence knowing who you are what you want to talk about all because some you have a a ritual a routine a belief system you you lean into your spirituality because of that and um i just think it's so important because i think all people should lean into whatever that looks like for them um because there's just so many benefits from it and I, i just feel like we don't talk about it enough because honestly I will say for me, some of us have church hurt. Like I also grew up Catholic too. um, And I 
left the church, you know, as an adult, well, I was uh, a young adult, I guess around 20-ish, because I had these reoccurring thoughts and trauma from the hurt from the church, which is just like the narrative that I remember, right? As a child, mm -hmm. I also went to CCE classes and my dad taught catechism for like over 30 years. And so I just, I, I, not only did I hear the narrative like at school, but I, I'm not, you know, at school, excuse me, but at, you know, Sunday school, but also at home. Right. And all, you know, when you're little like that, all you think about kind of is like the, well, for me, I honed in on the, the things that were scary to me, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're going to hell or just things that were very scary for a, a young child to hear. Right. Um, purgatory, uh, the devil, like things like that. You magnify, even as kids, we magnify the fear. And so, and there was just so much judgment. I just remember that judgment within our family the construct of our family and then judgment like within the church and things like that and now luckily i don't i i take like i give and take what i want from the catholic religion now and there was yeah. one point in my life i abandoned it because it wasn't serving me so i i kind of did like something similar to you i had to redefine what spirituality mean meant for me and how I can lean into that because it's not to say I don't want God in my life. I just had so much fear and confusion and I didn't know who to lean on at the time for like explanation about right. things. And so um, that's, that's like kind of how I navigated through trial and error and figuring out uh, to redefine what the spirituality means for me. But now I am proud of you know, growing up Catholic. I don't have that shame because I take and want from that religion because it's still a very mm. rich serving, but I take what I need and I create boundaries within it. And I, I get that some people might not agree with that, but that's perfectly fine with me. I have no shame in it anymore. Um, and I just think it's very important to, like I said, to lean on into your spirituality with whatever it is you're doing, whether it is of the construct like of a, a religion or a non-denominational, whatever it is. But I just think it helps us, like I said, so much with our emotions, our families, um, the boundaries, our self-love, our self-worth to know that, uh, that God loves us. Um, absolutely yeah he absolutely loves us and helping us find our self-worth um a lot of times we talk a lot about growth mindset but i wouldn't necessarily achieve all the like all the like successes with my growth mindset if i didn't lean into my spirituality and asking god for help and asking him for a sign and asking him you know for anything that i need in regards to you know things that I need help with. Um, he's gotten me through a lot of highs and lows. And so I'm, thank you so much for sharing that Absolutely. with me. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to share in regards to why you think it's important for people to discover what that means for them? Oh, absolutely. So I think a big part of health and wellness is there's this whole mindset factor, right? Um, this whole load of stress and mental, whether it be mental or physical. 
So having that sense of spirituality, that, that, that daily gratitude, right? Oh yes. Um, and it's not, it's not to say shut out the negative, but it is bringing awareness around what you're feeling, how you're feeling, but also trying to rewire your brain so that even though there is going to be things that you can't change, like say you wake up and you know, your, your body's aching and you're, you're going through this injury, but waking up in gratitude instead of focusing on like, Oh my gosh, my body hurts. It's going to be another bad day. It's just going to be rough. I've got X, Y, and Z to do. And the endless list that we always have, yes. um, practicing that where I wake up and I have my morning cup of coffee, I open up my Bible app. Um, I read a couple of verses, maybe a chapter or something. And I go into my journal and I spend a couple of minutes just in gratitude within my spiritualities, you know, reminding myself, like, I'm grateful I have this healing cup of coffee this morning. I'm grateful I have moments to myself to ground myself before my kids wake up and I have another busy day. I'm grateful to wake up for another day and be the better version of myself today than I was yesterday, you know, stuff like that. I think when we practice that, when we really get into a routine of practicing this gratitude, it, it is a part of our spirituality. It is a part of our daily rituals, our morning routines, my nightly routines. It helps you to develop that, that mindset factor where you learn to be okay with the hurt and, and the hard emotions, but you also learn that there is always going to be something to be grateful for. And more oftentimes we focus on the bad than we do on the good. So even on a hard day, I'm going to practice my, my gratitude, my spirituality, that mental aspect so that I remind myself today was a hard day, but I am grateful for everything that I currently have. And I am open to having more. Oh, I love that. When I hear you talk about that, I love it because I hear you first thing being in gratitude second thing is you are affirming yourself those those are affirmations that you're telling yourself through being um in gratitude you know whether like you said you wake up in pain or not you're pivoting you're using your resources your spirituality to navigate and do like a mindset shift and change it's a growth mindset um that art and that's why because we're about to jump into the growth mindset pillar and and the reason we're about to do that is because i really want people to realize how when you lean onto your spirituality that is going to shift your mindset your growth mindset um so i want to dive in and to talk about that uh for growth mindset what do you think about that what shows up for you um and how do you correlate perhaps the spirituality with the growth mindset. Um, do you ever remember at one time just having a fixed mindset? Cause I know I do, you know, where I just operated from this particular way because I grew up that way, right? Um, I had to unlearn many different things um, to figure out what actually served me um, and my highest good and my highest version. Um, so yeah, I want you to share with me what you think about growth mindset and how you incorporate that in your life. Sure. Um, well, for one, like I, I'm always going to grow. Like I, I know that the day I don't seek out, how can I become a better version of myself? 
I don't know what that day is going to look like. That that's that's a scary thought, right? Of not being able to develop myself further. So there's going to be that aspect. But um, growth mindset. I just want to stop you there. That's a powerful. Thank you. Because some people, I I give. Oh my gosh, I just love that you said that because I have met people that they're perfectly fine the way the way they are. They they actually have told me I don't want to grow i don't want to change this is who i am what i and that's that's okay oh. right that that's your thing so it's so oh, powerful no. me powerful to hear you say that i need women to hear that that you can change who you are you can choose at the end of the day we're choosing absolutely yeah. and that's what you're saying and affirming about yourself Absolutely. There's actually a whole module in um, one of the courses that I teach and it'll launch later this year. It talks about complacency and complacency is the reason we do not see success in regardless of whatever area you want to apply that to. It is being complacent. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm always going to want to continue to grow. But what that looks like for me, it, it differs from day to day. Like I, I'm at this point in my life where I've done all of this really hard spiritual work. I worked with a mentor and we did a lot of shadow work and kind of deep diving deep into our, um, inner selves, um, breaking generational ties. Uh, what do we forecast for our future? All of these different aspects about me. I did personality tests, all that stuff. And I find I found it to be very, very helpful in that moment of time. That was when we were in the thick of COVID, right? Yes. <laughs> and like the world went crazy and everybody went crazy with the world. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I did all of that work at that time and it really propelled me forward to be more honest with myself, to dig deeper within myself, to kind of slow down and do the work for myself. So if I'm feeling a certain kind of way, I never want to project that onto anybody. And that's not to say that I don't, right? Like I have bad days, just like everybody else. I make mistakes just like everybody else. But for me, that growth mentality, it's, it, it's um, coming to terms with, I'm going to do my best every day and I journal every day. So I'm going to take time to reflect at the end of my day and figure out what can I do to pivot if I get another day tomorrow? Like how yeah. can I better myself? And, and also because I have kids and I have three boys, mind you, I am in a house full of men, right? <laughs> I'm the only woman here. Um, to me, that growth mentality means that I need to figure out how to pass this down to my kids. How do I help them develop themselves at a, a different rate so that they're not in their thirties, forties, fifties, trying to figure out they're going through that midlife crisis. Of, so you're looking at the I bigger am. picture, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 Like I, I don't want them to wake up one day and be like, I don't know who the hell I am. I don't know what emotions are. I am supposed to be this idealistic picture of a man. So for me, that, that growth mentality again, goes back to how can I relay this message to my kids? How do I develop myself in a way so that I am a stronger leader for them? How do I mirror this for them? How do I show them, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, also too, in my relationship with my marriage, like how do I grow in the relationship with my husband so that over the years we grow together stronger? Yes. Because I mean, we all I know that 
Yeah, right? Like we, we all have our ups and downs in marriage. That's a yeah. real thing. And a lot of it is struggles, but a lot of it comes from myself, within myself, my limiting beliefs of this is what I knew growing up and this is all I know and change is hard. It's uncomfortable. That goes back to my spirituality. Yes. Like, what do I, yes, what do I, I'm glad through? you said that. Yes, it does. And like the other right? key point that you're driving right now is um, growing together in your relationship with your spouse, your significant other, the how important that is, because that's the other version of yourself having to do with growth mindset. Um, yeah. You know, your relationship you know, with your children and your husband, it's no one really talks about that. Absolutely. Cause I feel like, you know, we've been together for almost 10 years. This, this next January, it'll be 10 years that we've been quote unquote dating. So we've known each other longer. Um, but even in those 10 years today, I'm still trying to discover who he truly is. And I want him to see who I am, the deeper version of me, not this yes. surface level, what I look like and my habits from day to day, but know my soul. I want to yes. know his soul. I want to know his essence. I want to be able to help develop him in a specific way where, you know, we're kind of going through this journey right now where, oh, I love him for this. He decided on his own. We talked about this. Remember, I was like, girl, he woke up one day and he's like, I want to go paleo for 60 days. Like, you know, I want to feel better. I want to be more confident in my clothes and my body. So we're eating cleaner. Not that we didn't eat clean, but when he was tired, when I was tired, we order out, we go eat yeah. out. Right. And he kind of just developed this pattern of he would rather not like just nah screw it we'll start tomorrow oh screw it we'll start tomorrow <laughs> well he woke up one day and he's like no we're gonna do it i'm like okay cool and with doing that he started feeling better and better and better and now he's doing things that he loves and taking time for himself and and developing more of himself so now when i ask him like all right well what do you want like and what do you see for yourself in the next 10 years what is something that you want to be able to do what what are your accomplishments what are your goals like all of the, these different things, we can, we get to dive in a little bit deeper, right? Yes. And that's after 10 years of being together. Yes. And that's that's not to say that we didn't even have those conversations. No, but I agree with you. I, I'm the same thing. I've been with my husband for 10 years and I have this exact same sentiments. I want to know him on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. I don't want us to know each other on the surface for being uh, supportive spouses. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the habits and, um, getting getting stuff done, right? The household, mm -hmm. the job, the children, the the the, the routine, right? Right. And having yes. each other's back. I know we got each other's back, but there's something. There's many layers, but beneath that, on both of our ends, and no one really talks about like how do you, how do you dive into that? What does that look like? That looks different for all of us in our in our relationships and that growth mindset. And um, I love how you ask them all of these questions. Like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, yeah. it's funny or it's not funny, but it's interesting because this is something we always fall back on where, you know, we've sought out therapy and I think it's a healthy thing for every relationship. Like I believe in therapy for the individual. You should, because yes. you don't know what you're hiding because of that block, that mental block. But that again goes back into spirituality and that growth mindset because I want us to grow deeper and grow closer and have have that just a different bond, you know, where there is some there is something more than he's my spouse and he's yes. the father of my children. You know, I want that to be deeper. But the healthier we become as individuals within our own physical bodies as well as our mental 
mental bodies and our spiritual beings, the the more we grow together. So I think that they go hand in hand, but that growth mentality, yeah, like I, I don't foresee a day where I don't wanna better myself from yesterday. But that also doesn't mean that I've never had a bad day because I have plenty of them. That's what I, I was gonna say. The thing is, is like, even though we have that perspective, there's not a day that I don't wanna grow and things like that, we have our funk where we could be out of it for days, weeks, months, but it doesn't mean we don't jump back on the horse, you know, mm-hmm. and, and still drive that that force for us because we know there's a higher power. Like I said, if you drive it right back to spirituality again, spirituality and growth mindset go hand in hand. Um, and so I, I love that we're talking about this because we all have our moments of like I said, that our funk that we get into. And Absolutely. so, and it looks different for everybody. And I know for me, I'll, I will not, you know, lean into my spirituality. And it's, it's, it's what I need at the moment. It's all I can say about that. Mm-hmm. It's what I need at the moment, which is just to leave everything alone. And then, but I always creep right back to it. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause I know it's a reliable source for me. Right. But it's when I'm ready. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, anything else you want to share about growth mindset for for women in general or anything that shows up for you before we hop on to our next pillar? Actually, yeah. So I had actually made a post and you can find it on Instagram. It It's maybe Instagram and Facebook, one or the other or mm-hmm. both. Um, but it talks about happiness is a choice, but because there's, there's that precursor. So because I am in health and wellness and my my main job is really to get to the root of what's going on sometimes there are underlying factors and i just want to make sure that people are aware of that you, if you're doing all of the mindset aspects and you're you're seeking out um help from your local church or your your women's group or what have you and you're really really diving in but you don't see a change that's time to reach out to a practitioner that's where you need to get some some blood work done so we can take a look at it what's going on because there are aspects within our health that can hinder us from growth. That is true. So if you're like, man, something's wrong with me. I'm doing all these things and I don't have what they're talking about. There could be something going on. Yes. There are there are health factors that play into whether or not you can truly grow as a person. So I want people, especially women to know that. Like if you feel like you want that, but that's not you and you're trying, reach out. We need to have a conversation. What is going on with your health that's keeping you from growing? And what are some resources do you think they can reach out to? Uh, Because, you know, not everybody, some people feel so alone, they don't know who to reach out to. I mean, there's a lot of resources, but what shows up for you? Uh, Well, my first thought is always, you want to be able to resonate whoever it is you're working with. I, I am going to always recommend some kind of holistic practitioner. Um, For me, because of our my background because of our background what our cultural background i think it's really hard for women of color to come forward and seek out a holistic practitioner one because of price two because of inferiority we we've talked about that yes um but what i think is you need to find somebody who resonates with you you need to if you're ready to do the work yourself ready to research it just type it into google and read just a little bit, um, pick up a book on uh, root cause wellness or the foundations of health. Um, 
And then, I mean, you guys, I'm like the friendliest person, I promise. So if you showed up in my DMs and you had a couple of questions, I, I can't give specific medical advice over the internet. That's just liability. You would need to schedule a consult, but I want people to be less afraid of asking for help because there are gonna be people on the other end ready to receive, but also ready to give. Yes. Like my biggest thing is I wanna give education to as many women as possible. So if you're feeling like, you know, where do I turn? I have so many free resources. Go to my website, there's recipes, there's blogs. Jump on my Instagram, I share daily, like what I'm eating and I keep it super simple. I call it stupid, simple, really delicious, right? Like I, I can't overcomplicate it. I've got three kids. We're always on the go. I have to run a business. So I can't, although I do make a lot of things from scratch, that is very true about me, but I, I like to keep it as simple as possible. Um, find, find those free resources. Cause they're out there. There yeah. are so many great people on the internet, uh, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, um, that have blogs, that have free e-guides, all that stuff. Um, but it's a lot of free resources. It's yeah, doing, absolutely. Seeking them out, asking for help. Something we both talk a lot about is just ask, right? Just ask right. for help does a whole lot and, um, and getting the help that you need. Because the other thing that shows up for me, how you were saying, I'm so glad you brought it up about there is probably something going on when you feel like you're trying to do the work and nothing, right? You still feel like you're stuck or and not to mention like depression and mental health and all of that goes into the growth mindset. So this is not just, this platform is not just to talk about growth mindset and be like, grow, grow, grow. Like you're saying, there could be other factors contributing to why other, you know, the underlying issues about this growth mindset. Um, and so I'm, thank you so much for shedding light on that because I know there is definitely a time, like, especially if you never really experienced depression because you don't know what it is and what it looks like. Um, you know, I'm just referencing a time when I was a young woman and I was depressed and didn't even know it, you know, and you just think there's something wrong with you and why can't I shake off the, the fatigue or the tiredness or, you know, whatever's going on, just the mindset of things of not not feeling good about yourself about life in general and all of those things and and like you said this even goes back to our culture culture yeah. of yeah of women of color is usually in our culture we don't talk about things like that we just push through Absolutely. and push down everything that we feel and Absolutely. so that's why i really want to create this platform to be able to talk about spirituality growth mindset mental health um all these things that affect us on a day-to-day -day life so it's really important i'm so glad you you said that because we do need to get checked out we do need mm -hmm. to get help um and make sure and you know the other thing that's showing up for me there's nothing wrong with you don't have to always wait to have some telltale signs before you get help you can Absolutely. do your you know especially if we have insurance you know go do the blood work and what all other resources that are available to make sure you are healthy to make sure there's nothing setting you back from achieving these growth mindset goals boundaries just different different things having to do with your self-development 
Absolutely. I'm glad that you said that because there is actually new research and studies that show that you can have an underlying issue for upwards of 10 years before it can quote unquote be diagnosable. So especially for people with autoimmunity, women, this affects us so much more. There are more women with autoimmune diseases and this is pre-pregnancy, oh, yes. postpartum. So you can have this underlying thing just brewing in the body for 10 years before it actually shows it. up as something. Yeah, wow. so chronic fatigue, it, it's common, but not normal. A brain fog, common, but not normal. Mood swings, common, but not normal. So don't wait. Your and best option- And those things are normal. I mean, Absolutely. I know I did for the longest before I got so tired of being tired of feeling that way, I'm like, I have to find help. I have to, like, I went to a chiropractor, I went to a holistic, because I was just like, you realize that going to a traditional doctor, that's, that's how I learned for myself. I'm like, okay, that's not the route for me to go with what I am currently dealing with. This is more than, than, than that. Yeah, and you know what? I actually have a blog, a blog post all about how to talk to your doctor. So I give you prompts on how to, have conversation starters. And then at the very end of it, it, it goes in to talk about when you need to change practitioners. So okay. there, there, that's there just on my website, angelicahodges.com, you'll find how to talk to your doctor. So if you need that resource, it's there, it's free. You can screenshot it, take it with you, all that stuff. So absolutely. That's awesome. So are you ready to dive into our next Yeah. Program? Okay. Yeah. So the other one is hydration. Um, the reason, well, let me preface with like an explanation about it. The reason hydration showed up for me is like through my personal experience, after um, I was, you know, I went through my health issues too, right? Of autoimmune issues and all these things that, that were going on. And I knew I had to make a diet change or some type of meal plan change. I noticed that once I started with hydration, it helped pivot the meal planning part and just help me it, it just helped heal me but it also made the transition easier to start eating healthier food um, and not drinking empty calories or too too much too many calories um, and so I just noticed juicing and healthy smoothies and water uh, infused with fruits and things like that really helped me a lot so whether it be hydration or nutrition just what shows up for you in terms of women and um, hydration i like that you asked that because oftentimes this is one thing that is missed or it's overlooked because it's so simplistic so anytime i go through a protocol with a client it starts with the most basics of things. I talk about how to regulate stress, how to get good sleep, but how to hydrate your body. Because believe it or not, people are chronically dehydrated and they're drinking contaminated water. I talk about this almost daily. I talk about the quality of water and the fact that it matters. So number one, I want y'all to know if you're drinking out of the tap, please stop. Please stop drinking out of the tap. You can go to the environmentalworkinggroup.org. That's the EWG.org. You can plug into their water resources tab and you enter in your zip code and it shows you all the different contaminants at the parts per billion, parts per million in your specific area. You would be shocked 
at the toxins that are in our water. This is what flows through in our sinks, it's in our showers. So you're drinking it, you're washing your dishes with it, you're washing your food with it, you're taking a bath in it. We are soaking ourselves and taking in so many chemicals and toxins just through water alone. So hydration is very, very important to me. I I think it's one of the easiest and simple changes to make. Um, You can also, um, on that same website, the Environmental Working Group, you can look at, they have a comparison chart of all the different filters. Um, I think sometimes filters aren't enough. I have the Berkey system at home and it's a water filter. I love it. That's what we started with. And it did wonders for my body. We actually, we have a well, so it's a little different. It's not the, um, it's not steady water. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit How different. How do you do wonders? I'm just, I, I know our listeners want to know like in what way the did it go water? up for you. Yeah. So number one, the taste, the taste was great. Right. Um, and this is just taking water from our faucet on our well and then running it through the Berkey system. The taste was great. I felt refreshed. I felt like, you know, when you're really thirsty and you have a good cup of cold water and just quenches that thirst. As I was going to say, I'm thinking of quench. It quenches your thirst. Yes. So <laughs> that's what every cup from the Berkey did for me at the beginning. And, and I loved it. And then um, I did some further research. I went to the seminar and we dug deeper into root cause wellness. And I was at a level in my specific healing where I had chronic UTIs showing up and I didn't know what it was coming from. So I worked with my practitioner and we figured out that it was a parasite of the bladder. But here's the other kicker. I switched from my Berkey water, which I still love and I use it every day, to um, distilled water. So, and I talk about this a lot too. Distilled water is the only uncontaminated water there is. It's devoid of everything. So it's literally pure H2O, that's it. So I have a question about that. Um, Sure. I don't know a lot about it, but I know you probably do. When sometimes when I hear people talk about distilled water, I hear the reaction of, well, there's no nutrients in it. That's true. I really don't know what that means. So I don't, do you know what I mean? So can you- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever I went through the NTA and all of that, they had talked about different sources of water and what they did. And I was always against the idea of distilled water because what it does, it's because it is, it's devoid of anything. It is literally pure H2O, um, hydrogen and oxygen. That's what it is. Um, But what it does when it goes through the body, it acts like a magnet and it can pull out minerals from the body. So at first I was very, very against it, but Like I said, at that point in my healing journey, I needed something more and I switched to distilled water, but I use mineral drops from Cellcor. Um, There's CT minerals. I add that back into my water. So I'm remineralizing it. And I was doing distilled water only. And now I go back and forth between my Berkey and distilled. Um, But having that, through that specific protocol where I was cleansing my body of a specific parasite, parasite of the bladder, I kid you not, I have not had a UTI in over six months since going through that protocol, since allowing my body to kind of rest and settle because um, I think radiation is the only thing that the Berkey can't filter out. Mm -hmm. And my body was experiencing it on some level and I couldn't get rid of it because I was constantly introducing it into my body. So 
contaminants from water, they are extremely powerful. You have water in every single fiber of your being. Every cell contains water. So every muscle, every fiber, every everything in the body is made up of water. So when you're drinking a constant source of contamination, you never have a chance to heal, right? Yeah. So distilled water at that point was what was really doing it for me. I needed to have less exposure to that one thing, whatever it was. Whatever it was, yeah. Yeah, coming from that water source and where now my body, I can, like I said, I fluctuate from my Berkey to distilled water. I actually prefer the taste of distilled water. It is the cleanest, purest, most crisp water you can drink. Uh, I can't really do a whole lot of mineral water. I'm sorry, um, spring water. It's heavy in mineral content. And my body is not yet ready to take on those excess nutrients. So here's the thing too, if you are somebody who's just starting out and you've got this list of protocols and you're taking all these supplements and your pee comes out bright yellow, you're peeing out all your supplements. It was the same thing for me with drinking spring water. Mm -hmm. I had a stronger odor in my urination and it was heavier. Whereas when I was drinking either from my Berkey or drinking distilled, it was a better flow and um, I was able to just absorb more of my nutrients versus excrete them. Oh, wow. So it was almost like overflowing my body, over flooding my body and it couldn't absorb whatever it was bringing in. So it needed to flush it out. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I was going to say it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember you put me on that protocol on the distilled water and I told you my flow because, you know, if you're hearing this, because you think it's normal, like somehow my body shifted and I would, I have to run to the restroom with urgency and then the flow mm-hmm. would be with urgency, right? It wasn't just like the regular flow I was accustomed to, like just an easy flow. No one really talks about those things. It was like a mm-hmm. gush. I'd never had that before. And I was living with that for a really long time. And I just thought it was a part of me getting older and aging and things like having like part of life. Yeah, having yeah. kids. And mm-hmm. and I'm glad we're talking about that on here. Somebody's gonna hear that and, and realize, wow, that's not normal. I need to get it checked out and they can reach out yeah. to you. Yeah. And me it's, changing it's something... to the distilled water, it, yeah, it's, it was great. It's something so simple, but the the source of your water, the purity of it, that uh, that's really important. But interestingly enough, you know, I drink I drink water all day long. But the other thing I hydrate myself with first thing in the morning is my cup of coffee. And people are going to hear that and be like, um, "What?" But I'm not drinking normal coffee. And I've introduced talk you about to that, coffee. yes. <laughs> and I love it. As so, I got introduced to medicinal mushrooms about three and a half years ago. And I was pregnant with my baby, my my youngest son. And we were going through the thick of our diagnosis with our middle son. And I was tired and chronically fatigued. And I didn't have the time to just sleep it off, you know, with yeah. any other pregnancy that I had. So I turned to my friend who was just talking about this coffee over and over and over again, all the benefits of it. And I mean, you ask the dumb questions like, is this safe to drink while pregnant? Um, (laughs) You know whether you could drink coffee while pregnant. Everybody can have coffee. Pregnant women, you can have coffee. It is the quality of your coffee. So I did a seven day trial pack by day three. I was like, man, I'm getting sleep. You know, by day five, I was like, hey, I don't have heartburn this week. This is great. Uh So by day seven, I signed up for my wholesale account. I'm like, that's it. I'm hooked. 
And over time, it's done different things for me. So what it is, it's a reishi infused coffee. It is organic fair trade and it is tested for pesticides, for molds. So it's super, super clean. And then the mushroom itself is grown organically in nature, the way it's supposed to on logs versus plastic bags like other companies will use. So it has more nutrients and then they have this patent protected program that allows them to extract um, the potent part of the mushroom that nobody else can do. So, so that's what reishi is, right? Is reishi yes. the mushroom? Okay. Reishi is a mushroom and it's been used in uh, Chinese medicine for thousands of years. There's so many published studies, over 3000 published studies on reishi and what it does for the body, but it is an adaptogen. So think of, I wake up that day and I am wired and I am so wired that it almost feels uncomfortable. I drink my cup of coffee and it will settle me down and it just steadies my energy. I wake up and I'm extremely fatigued. That coffee isn't going to give me the energy boost that people are going to think, mm -hmm. but it does bring me up to a level where I feel steady. And when it's time for me to rest, I have the best deep restorative sleep that I can get. So for me, hydration is always, you know, I'm going to drink coffee. I'm going to drink it every day, but I cannot drink anything else anymore without feeling anxiety, jitters, crash, and then it, it irritates my bowels. But because coffee is the number one beverage drink in the whole world, yes. but it's also the most heavily sp sprayed with pesticides, chemicals, and it's also prone to mold. Thank you. No one, we talk about coffee so much. Nobody talks about the education, the health education behind it. Mm -hmm. So you go girl, you go ahead and talk about it on here all you want because yes. you me to that coffee. And I, I know I told you, I'm like, I bought it, tried it. So I'm not a huge coffee drinker, but I wanted to supplement something for like herbal because I usually do herbal tea. And so I'm like, let me try the coffee. And I enjoyed the coffee very much. It, like you said, it didn't um, irritate my bowel movements and my tummy or anything like that. And it did not make me super jittery. Like the other coffees do you mm -hmm. can just tell the symptoms from a regular coffee even starbucks even just stuff i buy at the grocery store is so different from this coffee um can you let us know what coffee it is i want to yeah so i drink from it's called organo i go back and forth between the black so the black coffee has lucidum in it and that's the fruiting body of um of the mushroom. So really that is anybody who is dealing with any kind of stomach issues, whether it's SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, that's a mouthful, but like, <laughs> um, leaky gut, like hard to use the bathroom, not regular bowel movements. Black coffee is always something I'll tell people to start with because it helps to regulate daily bowel movements without irritation. It is smooth. It, I think it's actually really rich in the flavor without it being overly acidic. Mm -hmm. And um, that energy is always really great. And then King, that has the spores. That is the most potent part of the mushroom. So it's super, super powerful. And what that does for me, it's also really mild in taste, which I love. It's bold flavor, but mild in taste, if that makes sense. But when I drink that coffee, it's my body is struggling today and I don't know what I need to give it, but that adaptogen, it goes in and it finds the holes and it 
plugs itself in. So if I need more energy that day, it's gonna give me more energy. If I am too rowdy that day, it's gonna slow me down. It's gonna give me what I need in the moment, which is what I love. So. I'm not kidding. We got kids. We need stuff like that. (laughs) You never know. Like mom's real riled up today. Let me drink my coffee and I'll settle down Mm -hmm. Um, for real. That's a true story. Um, But there are days where I'm drinking upwards of six cups of coffee a day. And people are like, are you having another cup of coffee? I'm like, do you see this level of health I got going on? Do not complain about my coffee. It's it's delicious and it's serving a purpose. But um, that is part of my daily hydration outside of water. I drink coffee. Good. Is there anything else that you drink outside of coffee and water? Like even something to treat yourself? Because I I also don't believe in just, you know, as much as we talk about wellness and things like that, we do treat ourselves. That does exist, you know? And so I was just wondering, what do you drink outside of that when you want to treat yourself? Are we talking about adult beverages? Are we talking about like both? Everything, everything. Yeah. Okay. So I go back and forth between loving spicy and sour and then craving something sweet and savory. So my sweet and savory drink, I always go back to, I'll drink my coffee, but I will add a hot cocoa packet in there. So it's like this chocolate mocha and then some cinnamon, a little bit of turmeric in there. So it's like earthy and sweet and a little spicy and it's so creamy and delicious. That you can put it on ice and have it as an ice beverage or you can drink it hot whenever it's you know cold outside and it's great, top it with some whipped cream, delicious. But if it's a hot day and I'm craving something spicy and I wanna let loose a little bit, my go-to is a ranch water. So we have been really been loving um, tequila. It's uh And what's ranch water? I have never heard of that. I'm oh sorry. My God. Oh girl, <laughs> okay. So when mama does drink um, an alcoholic beverage, mm-hmm. I drink tequila. Um, we drink reposado mm-hmm. over a Blanco any day because mm-hmm. the, the taste is just real smooth. Um, it is tequila, lime juice or lemon juice, ice, and a Topo Chico. Oh, wow. That's Girl, tasty. You, you dip that rim in some chamoy and some tahine, and it is amazing. It's the most refreshing drink that isn't going to make me feel like crap the next day because I can't do a whole lot of alcohol without it overwhelming my body. Yeah. which goes back to your health needs some some checkup. Like if you are easily hungover or easily intoxicated, we need to chat because something's <laughs> going on. Um, but that's the one drink that I can fall back on where I can have a couple of them socially. It's not gonna overwhelm my body. It's refreshing, it's light, and it is very, very addicting. If it's made right, it's delicious. If it's made right. And it's not yes. gonna affect your, your do, you know, having a family the next day and having to get the kids ready or just mm-hmm. our routine that we have the next day as moms and wellness, I mean, women, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a whole lot that we gotta, we gotta take care of. So that's good. I'm, I'm glad you share that with us because um, I'm, I'm intrigued to try that one day. <laughs> I'll have to, you know what? You're gonna have to come over and um, I'll cook us up some food and I'll make us some ranch waters. Yeah. I would love that. (laughs) Um, Anything else you want to share with us um, in regards to hydration? Um, Other than internally, it's also like I've been doing this whole series through uh, my newsletters about hormones and our kids and like products. Um, My child is going through, you know, teenage years. So he's not exactly going through that hormonal change just yet. But 
young kids, when they start going through puberty and their face starts to break out or they start having body odor and you're having to add in deodorant and specific body washes. Um, I always wanna make sure that I'm giving my kids products that I would use myself. So that made me think of skin hydration. So oh, wow. for my for my young teenager, he uses the same deodorant that I do. We go through Primal Cure and I can send you a link for that so that you yeah, guys- Yeah, I can put it in the show notes. Code. Yeah, for people Absolutely. to check that out. Um, discount code for that because you guys, yeah, what you put on your skin, your skin absorbs. So that that's what made me think of hydration, right? We're hydrating our yeah. skin everything we layer on there it's going to absorb in um but for him i gave him this face wash right because all of his little friends are experiencing acne and he's like mom i want i want this like will they use this like clean and clear or just something at the drugstore i'm like i'm sorry son but your skin is super beautiful we're gonna keep it that way <laughs> so i have him doing oil washing to really bring moisture into his skin and he has a specific body butter that he put puts on his body it's really mildly scented more masculine mm -hmm. um in in scent so that way his body stays you know smooth and hydrated but i'm not I love this. I'm celebrating. You're teaching your son self care. <laughs> Trying, I love girl. This. No, you are. I mean, you're such a badass to me right now. You're teaching your son, who's going to be a man, how to take care of his body, and that's awesome. I thought, you know, I and I, I say that because you know, part of my mission and my mission statement is truly to raise a generation of healthier children. Yes. And the only way I know to do that is start with the ones I have at home. So I'm thinking of what is everything that I learned late in life that I need to teach him now? And that is, I, I fill up his cup with spirituality. We talk about mindset, self-care, self-love, healthy food, what it is to move your body, all of these different aspects. But when it comes to what he can put on his skin, I am very particular because this is my baby that had eczema from a very long time. So teaching him how to oil wash versus, you know, these harsh chemical scrubs for acne is, is something preventative. Um, the deodorant that he uses where I'm not going to pour toxins into your body. We need to keep it, you know, toxin free, but also serving the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, nobody else is really having those conversations, but like, if you have body odor, that's your body's way of saying that you need to detox something, that there is something going on. Yeah. So these antiperspirants, these deodorizers, all this stuff is really kind of locking those chemical or that, that stink in or layering. And it that makes so much sense what you're saying. It's locking it in, it's keeping mm -hmm. it in and it's building it up and it's going to show up for you in other ways. Right? Yes. Like you're, you're supposed to perspire. Sweating yes. is a natural process that the body has to go through. So these antiperspirants, I'm like, no, you can wear a deodorant where, you know, it's going to moisten the skin so it won't get chapped or, you know, have any kind of rash, but it also, it smells nice and it, it works with the body opposed to working against the body. Cause you don't want to lock in that sweat and our underarms that's high lymphatic area. Thank you for sharing okay. that. You, I mean, women with our breast tissue right near our armpits, I mean, we wonder why there's breast cancer, but we're pouring toxins into our armpits that are right next to our breasts. So your body is absorbing that. Yes. So Thank yeah, you. I mean, you, you got to teach them really young so that they know and they don't have to work backwards. Like, how do I gain health in my 30s and 40s? Grow up healthy and you'll teach your kids to be healthy. So oh, I'm literally having to do double work. But that's content there for you. Exactly what you said. Grow up healthy, 
-hmm. Yeah, so you know exactly what's going to work for you. You don't have to figure it out as an adult. Like, how do I take care of myself and my body? And something even as first generation, second generations, we didn't, well, I know for me, no one really taught me how to take care of my body culturally, right? Because we don't talk about those things. And so, yeah, I had to figure out a lot on my own, trial and error. Absolutely. Even hydrating my skin and hydrating with water and things like that. So, so important. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Wow, I love that. You just gave us so much free game. (laughs) Thinking about it, I love it. All right, so let's move into our last pillar, which is free body movement. Um, So free body movement is any type of form of mobility for your body. It could be taking nature walks or exercise, like something that's intentional or not intentional, but walking, um, exercising, yoga, it could be structured, non-structured. What shows up for you for free? body movement because I know at one time the reason I bring this up is because when I did get sick um, I was constricted from doing exercise I couldn't do hit or cardio or anything strenuous and so I had to like rethink my whole plan in terms of what am I going to do to move my body because I can't lift weights right now I can't do any rigorous exercise and that's something that I was accustomed to for years and I also learned that that was a fixed mindset. I had fixed my mindset to think that the only way I could be healthy is sweating left and right and being sore Mm -hmm. and having my body hurt. And that was a fixed mindset I had. I had to transform that and it took, man, years. And now I still have results and I don't have to be sweating up a storm like every single day. So, yeah. Um, my idea of movement has changed throughout the years. Oh, so whenever I first got into this whole holistic space, I was doing CrossFit style workouts and I absolutely loved it. And my body thrived until it didn't. And I sustained an injury and it wasn't necessarily from CrossFit itself. I was working for my chiropractor and there's a funny, interesting story I'll say, and it's really short, but, um, I wanted up sustaining an injury to my left shoulder where I had a micro tear in my labrum. So it's not exactly the rotator cuff, but it's mm-hmm. just big enough of a tear to create irritation. Anytime I would lift above, um, what would you say, uh, breast level. So anything I would go over my head, especially if it was weighted, it would create an irritation in there, the inflammation and really just tenderness. But, um, Turns out, you know, I got an MRI and all that stuff. Turns out my body was just built that way. The way my bone structure was, and it curved down anytime I was putting a specific, um, anytime I would do a specific movement, it would create tension. And because I didn't know about how to manage or do uh, reparative or therapeutic workouts versus working out to be strong. Right. So when I was young, I wanted to be strong and I wanted to be fit and I wanted to have abs and all that stuff. And I thought it was great. And then I went through this mentality when I got pregnant with my, my middle son and I had him, like I went through this whole identity shift where I didn't want to be thought of as sexy. I was a mother, like, and I didn't want to be ugly. Like I'm not this barefoot lady in the, in the kitchen, but (laughs) I, I just, I wasn't 
fixated on my sensuality. I was fixated on how can I be my healthiest version of myself to give that to this newborn baby. Like I was all in. I went, we threw out all the chemicals in our home. I was totally natural at that point. Like my skin was the best it ever was. My hair was the strongest it ever was and long as it ever was. And, you know, I just really dove deep into my wellness after my middle son. But for me, movement changed again because I found this thing called BirthFit. And what it taught was functional progressive movements. So think of a baby and how they learn to crawl and how they learn to walk and how they jump and the structures in which they move their body. Those are foundations and those are fundamentals that, that are taught within BirthFit um, of how to reconnect our body back to our body without being this specific image which I think is really hard because as women, we are fed this image of what beautiful or what sexy looks like. And I don't fit any of those criteria. And for a long time, all I wanted to do was be smaller. I wanted to fit into this image and I wanted to be small and I wanted to be small and I wanted to be small. And you know, I'm not a very big woman. I'm five one, if that, I, my weight has never really fluctuated outside of my pregnancy. So I'm still the same size, but I no longer feel like I need to fit into that box of what society tells me is beautiful or what is sexy or what is attractive because movement now for me is, do I feel good? What feels good in my body? So there's a lot of stretching that I do because I like being able to be flexible, you know? So uh, growing up as a dancer, I go back to those ballet stretches. It feels good yoga that feels good doing body weight movements things like squats and push-ups i love to do because that is how strong my body is that it can hold up my own body's Your weight, own right? weight yes though mm -hmm. so i think that that is i find that to be really enjoyable but we live on acreage so we're outside every day so me chasing kids that's enough of an exercise like <laughs> us us doing what we call uh, i call them adventures right? Where we hold hands and we're walking in the back pasture. We walk out to the pond and we just walk around the property, look at different flowers. Like I'm just trying to point different things out in nature with the kids, but that is enough movement for me. Um, I think the idea that we have to do these rigorous workouts to be smaller or to lose fat, there's a lot of different things. And it, it makes me think of so many different ways I could change the conversation, but to keep it simple, you wanna move your body because we're trying to keep the lymph, this fluid that runs all within our body, we wanna keep it moving and we wanna keep it active. So as long as you're getting up, doing some mild stretching and going out for a walk and even just elevating your heart rate just a bit, that is enough to keep that lymphatic liquid moving and that's what's gonna keep you healthy. Now, if you want to be stronger, I am a proponent of um, strength training, lifting weights. I think it's great if you're doing it properly, if you if you have good form, working for a chiropractor, I saw a lot of stuff, right? So yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm such a stickler. I was a coach and I, I sub now at a local gym. Um, so watching people, I'm like, okay, drop, drop, put the weight down. Let's start at the beginning. Let me show you how to crawl and how to walk before you start running, you know, like yeah. that, that's just where my mind goes. But movement is super gentle for me. I'm not 
a chronic exerciser. I enjoy running every now and then. Like my, my oldest son, he's a runner. He's a cross country, he's a track kid and he's super fast and he's great. But his structure, I find he needs help with. So I will partake with him so I can teach him the fundamentals of how to crawl, how to walk, how to run, right? And um, with my with my babies, I watch it all day long, like how they move around. And I'm like, that's how we should all be moving. That's how our body should be functioning. Like and whenever- the intention behind it, like you said, you no longer want to fit into this mold right. that you had before, and now it's a you know. It's the growth mindset for me for when you, you yeah. talk like that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to feel comfortable in my own skin. I want to feel comfortable in my body. And right now I, it's another one of those shifts where I'm, I've got three kids and my body doesn't look like a, you know, young girl anymore, but I'm also not looking to be super muscular, fit, toned, idealistic picture of what um, you know a woman's body looks like I'm, I'm not i'm not interested in that what i am interested in is feeling confident in everything that i wear um feeling good when i wake up feeling good yeah. when i go to bed so movement ha- it is integral so like if i have a day where we are sitting on the couch all day we're not doing a whole lot mm-hmm. i don't really feel great going to bed and then i wake up the next day and I don't feel well. Yeah. I don't feel as good as I could. And that's that stagnant lymph. So getting movement into every day is essential for me. And it can be very, very simple as long as I'm moving. But yeah, just being more comfortable and confident in my own body with what I wear and how it makes me feel Yeah, is kind of what movement looks like for me. I love that. So I want to share one thing that you said is feeling you're saying feeling confident and feeling good so i can definitely piggyback on that um as a testimony that you're right once i shifted why i wanted to move my body in terms of like you said most of us is to look a particular way to force an image right to and to fit into a mold right and so once i I was able to build the confidence and feeling good once I incorporated all of the pillars, which is there's this thing, right? Like you're good with, with God, right? You're good. You're, you have your spiritual routine. You, you know, you're growing, you're open to new ideas, new possibilities, the growth mindset, and then you're taking care of the, of your body, the things you put into them nutrition wise. Right. And then all of that falls into also the free body movement you're doing whatever resonates for you versus like i said having to go work yourself to death right and do something especially if you're not happy doing it but when i think that when you do all those things i do feel good in the clothes that i wear and it doesn't necessarily mean i lost inches or lost pounds it's like this mindset thing I know I'm doing all the right things for me at this moment, at this, and, and of course it'll change, right? I mean, we evolve, things will change. But when I know I'm doing all of those things collectively, I do feel more confident. I feel confident in like what I wear, my clothes. It's like it shows, I'm showing up for myself. And, yeah. and when I wear those things, when I wear clothes and stuff like that, I don't, I've shifted something in my mind. I don't self-sabotage myself as much because I know I'm doing 
the best I can with all my pillars. It's when you're not right. doing anything at all that I think we we spiral down into self-sabotaging ourselves. Well, I'm not eating right. You know, I'm not taking care of myself and all these different areas of your life. So yeah, that really absolutely. drove in for me is like, you do feel confident and you do feel good about yourself when you're doing what serves you at that time. So I love that. So anything else you want to share that's coming up for you for free body movement? You already shared how, I know when, the same thing for me, I have kids, so I'm already active with all, like chasing them around, checking on them, just all of that. So I already, I definitely get my 10,000 steps or more. Yeah. I'm just doing that. <laughs> so I get that. Um, but one yeah. thing that I notice is, especially if you have children, is incorporating the body movement and changing the growth mindset for what that means for your kids too. So sometimes I'll work out in my garage or sometimes we will take a nature walk and my kids will, they want to participate with me and I invite them to participate with me. So that way they know free body movement can mean several things. It doesn't mean just, you know, the, the regular exercise, right? So it's really important to, like you said, teach your children even that aspect of how to take care of yourself with moving your body. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other thing I would say is that, um, especially for women, you give yourself so much more grace than you think that you need because movement is a gift. It's not a punishment. You do not have to fit into any box that anybody else tells you. So when in doubt, start low, start slow, just daily walks. Being in nature more is enough to push you in the right direction to where you can do more, but movement is not a punishment. Workouts are not meant to serve as a consequence because you ate or you did X, Y, and Z. Like love your body enough so that you can slow down and do the proper forms of movement and enjoy them versus hating yourself and feeling like you have to do this because of something yes. you get to do this like you said they do it as a as a consequence to something right. versus right. it feels it feels good yeah it's a right yeah a mindset too that goes along with that that's very true yeah all right well thank you this has been such like an exciting conversation on so many levels and you've provided so many resources um, to our listeners is there any takeaways anything else you want to share before we wrap this up um when in doubt reach out like don't be afraid to ask your question you i think people are very very scared to ask questions because they're afraid to be rejected but two things when in doubt reach out because you never know if somebody can or cannot help you and if somebody turns you away that is just god's way of telling you you shouldn't be working with them so thank you i believe in that too yeah yeah definitely people see it as rejection and that you, you get what I'm saying? I love how you how you phrase that. Yes. Yeah. Love that. All right. Um, thank you so much. I'm going to put all your information on the show notes. Um, can you please let them know where they can follow you, where they can find you again? Absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at Blessed Mama Wellness. Same thing on Facebook. It's at Blessed Mama Wellness. 
and you can always reach me online. That is angelicahodges.com. That is my website and shoot me a message, whatever you have questions about. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Well, you have it there, listeners. Please check out Angelica at Blessed Mama Wellness. I'll have all her information on the show notes. And um, please feel free to reach out to her. She provided so many resources on here. And um, I'm excited. I'm just excited to work with you. Like I was on your podcast and now you're on mine. And I'm just so ready to collaborate collaborate with you in any other ways, right? Just for the, the wellness of women in general, our children, humanity, all of that is important to us. So thank you so much um, for being here. Thank you. All right. 